Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams. Today is August 30th, 2023. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Today's topic is testing and also the the, uh, infiltration of Hinduism into America culture and the risks that that presents. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, we read a story in which a Canaanite woman comes to Jesus and asked him to heal her demon-possessed daughter. For a while, Jesus did not respond to the woman's entreaties, and she followed him and continued to beg for mercy. Finally, the disciples, feeling that the woman was a nuisance, asked Jesus to send her away. Then Jesus said, I was not sent except to the, ha- the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But we should understand that Jesus' words here were not an outright rejection of the Gentiles, because moments later he healed the woman's daughter. But what we were seeing was a fulfillment of prophecy, a setting of priorities, and a test of the woman's faith. Okay, so I got that little story from gotquestions.org. And what I'm going to talk about today is the testing of our faith. And we see this often in the Bible. There were quite a few people who came to Jesus and wanted him to heal them or heal someone. And he acted like he wasn't going to do it. And it it seems a little, you know, weird when we read it in the written word. But I think it's important to understand that this this was a method that not just Jesus, but God often used to test people to see what they would do. He he knew he didn't he wasn't seeing what they were doing. He was giving them a chance to do what he knew they were going to do. So, in other words, it needed to play out the way that it played out. But when we read it, we're like, "Oh, why did he say that?" Well, he said that because he had a reason for it. And and the, you know, in the end, the person's faith was proven. And proving someone's faith was important, is important. So, for example, Abram's faith was tested. Noah's faith was tested. Moses, Joseph, Daniel, Esther, Jonah, all the prophets who, who you know, either did or didn't pass the test. David, Solomon, you know, all, everyone will be tested. And, you know, people who call themselves believers should expect to have their faith tested. Because this is how God works. He, he doesn't just take it on, you know, your word. Oh, yes, I believe he wants, he wants proof and he wants you to act on your faith. So he wants to, you know, life provides plenty of opportunities. And we know that God is the 
is the conductor of life. We Yes, people have free will, but God also is sovereign. So we're not going to discuss how those two work together, but they do. So when we are tested, this is our opportunity to show that we will obey God's commandments. We will speak the truth when confronted by lies. We will honor God over ourselves. We won't take the bait when we're attacked. We're given an opportunity to resist temptation. And we are put in situations where we must show love to difficult people and, you know, even our enemies. And we may even die in those, in those moments. We don't know yet. I mean, some people have. Many people have. We will also be given opportunities to forgive people who hurt us. So all of these things are things that Jesus did. Jesus did all of these things perfectly. The only thing he never did was confess sin because he didn't have to. But that is something that we will need to do. And we will also uh, have to live out our lives in a world that cares more about money and the approval of others and popularity and convenience and all these things than it does God. So that's what holiness is all about, is being different from the world because we are going to live according to God's way, God's way, not our own way, not the world's way. And of course, you know, we are going to fail sometimes. We're not Jesus. We're not going to get it right every time. But thanks be to God, we are saved by his grace. And that's why, you know, it's so wonderful that Jesus is our high priest who we can go to and confess our sins and be forgiven and be restored. But as Christians, we should be prepared and alert and expect these kind of situations because these are the situations that allow us to grow and become more like Jesus. Now, in today's world, we have a lot of isms <laughs> that threaten, you know, our, our faith. There's religious pluralism there's relativism, there's secularism, there's statism, Marxism, there's political ideology, there's, uh, you know, uh, racial ideology, all the things, identity politics, there's mob thinking, you know, uh, the hive mind where everyone just goes along with what everyone else is doing or saying. But uh, staying true to God in all these situations will require effort. It will require self-discipline, submission, abiding in Christ. And all of these things are only possible when we are in prayer, when we study our Bibles, when we fellowship with other Christians, but even, you know, most importantly is our connection, our spiritual connection 
and, and submission or following of Jesus. So if you claim to be a believer, but you're not doing any of those things, there's no way you are actually following Jesus. And you will be at the mercy of the world, and you will probably fail a lot in those areas that I just mentioned, which means that you will not become more like Jesus. Um, you know, and being human presents certain threats and opportunities for uh, sin or obedience, such as having relationships with other people, um, having a body that has desires like hunger and emotions and sexual feelings and um, tiredness and um, the need for sleep. So we have to be careful because if we don't take care of our physical body, we are more likely to fall into sin because we're going to be we're going to be weak. But even, you know, even then, even in our weakness, we can turn to Jesus and ask him to make us strong to help us to resist temptation to go against our beliefs and our faith. Now, I'm bringing this up because I've been studying for the past few days the influence of Hinduism in America. And I've been studying the history of India and the history of Hinduism. And it's, I have this like really strong feeling that there, that this influence is kind of growing kind of like uh, silently, like not many people, not many Americans are aware. And the one reason that that is, that people are not aware of it, is because it is being disguised as New Age or uh, progressive Christianity or spirituality or yoga. And... Um, People are being sucked into it because they don't really understand the Bible and the truth, you know, the truth of Christianity. So therefore, they don't recognize the threats of the, these Hindu beliefs that they think are secular or um, just, you know, they, they don't recognize the danger. They don't understand that yoga is actually a religious practice that can open them up to demonic possession Meditation can also do the same thing. And it, that the purposes of these practices, meditation and yoga, is actually to empty your mind, which when you do that, you provide uh, space for a demonic influence. Now, especially if you're not a believer, then you're really in danger. But even Christians can be you know, in danger when they empty their minds in this way. And that's why the Bible tells us to be filled with the Spirit and to be abiding in Jesus, not to be emptied. We are not to empty ourselves. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't take the time to actually read a lot, <laughs> read anything, you know, at all. So they don't 
know what these people really believe and they're being deceived. They're being deceived and there was, I just listened to a really great podcast. Um, it's called Echnecron. I think that was it. Echnecron. But anyway, it was talking about um, how this stuff came in. And I, I've already done one pod, I've done a couple podcasts on Gnosticism and Hinduism. So if you haven't listened to those, I suggest you go back because I'm not going to repeat all that. But the more, and, and you know, I didn't set out to study this. This is something that God just like put in my lap this week. And I'm like, whoa, look what I'm studying this week. Because <laughs> that's what he does with me. He really does. He shows me what he wants me to study. And um, so it may seem like I, you know, jump around from topic to topic. But I feel like God is warning me that this is a problem. And it all started when I started uh, looking into Ramaswamy, which I started doing a podcast on him. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, no, you know, you need to keep digging. And that's when I really got into the history of Hinduism in India, and I discovered that there is this um, Hindu nationalism that is in their government. And, you know, I'm a little worried that this Ramaswamy may be influenced by this type of, this attitude, this nationalistic attitude. And as Christians, we, we are not nationalists of any kind. Our only loyalty is to God. We are not loyal to America or to a political party or to a political leader. God is our king. And I'm a little disturbed, very disturbed, by the the undying uh, devotion and loyalty some people have to Trump. It's just, it is cult-like. And, you know, it bothers me that people on the right don't see that in some ways they're acting just like the people on the left. But this is not an attack on Trump, you know. Trump may be the the only one that we have to vote for. I don't know what's going to happen. But as Christians... We should be praying for America, all of America, to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of God through Jesus, through the word of God. And and the danger is that people who think that all religions are basically the same, are that no one's going to tell them that that's not true. Christianity is the only religion that preaches that we are saved by G- by the death of Jesus who paid for our sins with his blood no other religion has anything like that so they're not all the same now i do want to say that i find i found it really interesting to hear how hindus lump together what they call the Abrahamic religions. And not, they're not the only ones that call it that. But 
So the Abrahamic religions are Judaism, you know, Jews, Christians, and Muslims. So why are Jews, Christians, and Muslims all lumped together by Hindus? It's because we all believe that there is one God and we all share some of the same scriptures. Obviously, Jews and Muslims do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. They don't believe in being saved by grace. They're still working to try to save themselves. But we do have those things in common. Um, So the way I see it is that Christians need to be working extra hard to evangelize the world in these last days because there may be some people who are going to be saved. There, there are some people who are still going to be saved and those people might be currently Jews, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, New Agers, you know, whatever. So we have to stick to the truth. But the the temptation, which I started off talking about, and the test is whether we will do it or not. And the ultimate test, according to the Bible, according to Jesus, would be if we were willing to die for our faith. And, you know, it, it might come down to that. You know, I learned about this history. I'm, I'm about to venture off into a side trail here because of this is what I learned about yesterday. And some of you that studied history better than I did uh, may know about this. It's called the partition. The partition happened in 1947 when England or Britain d- made the country of India independent after having been, you know, ruling over India. They colonized India and India was under the control of the British monarchy for a long time. And this started with the East India Company, which was the trading company. So basically, when after World War II, And after years of Mahatma Gandhi, um, say, you know, fighting for independence for India, by that, finally, by 1947, England was like, you know, the king was like, yeah, we don't, we don't want India anymore. They're actually a liability and we were tired of these people and, you know, they didn't care about Indians anymore. They didn't, they weren't able to make money off of them, so... They wanted to give, get rid of them. But what they did was they basically did what the U.S. just did in Afghanistan. They just said, okay, we're gone. Bye. And they just left England. I mean, they left India. And after that, these terrible uh, religious wars broke out between the Muslims and the Hindus. And this was also when Pakistan was divided off. A a bit of India was divided into Pakistan. Pakistan was created. Well, I see some... Okay, it was really bad. Like up to a million people were, were 
were hatched, you know, hacked to death, uh, burned alive in trains, just, you know, burned, hands cut off, stabbed, just like they went nuts. And it really reminds me of the, some of the killings that you read about in the Bible. It was demonic. It was, it was just animalistic type of killings. And that there are still people alive today who participated or were uh, witnesses to this. And the ones who, who participated, they said they felt like they didn't know what happened. They just like, you know, went along with the crowd and just were killing people and that they liked it at the time. But now they're just overcome with remorse. And, you know, when you hear them talking about it, it really does sound like God uh, did what he sometimes does in the Bible, where he sent a pagan, you know, a pagan demon into a people, or he, I'm not sure how to describe it, but like whenever Assyria attacked Israel, that was set up by God. And when you, when you, you know, you know that this was a punishment. And I feel like God was uh, doing something in India. That's another whole topic. But obviously, India is is possessed by demons, okay? The, the whole country is full of idols. They worship all kinds of demonic deities. They do terrible things with children in their temples, and it's really bad. But what does the American public think? American public only thinks that it is like this beautiful religion of peace. Well, that's just wrong. It's really not. <laughs> and, um, you know, actually, and I, and I know that Muslims have killed people too, and Muslims are not Christians by far, but the Muslims were actually um, more godly than the Hindus. I mean, they did, they killed each other in the, in the wars. They were both brutalistic, animalistic people. But when it comes to religious beliefs, the Muslim beliefs are actually closer. But the problem is that they have infiltrated American uh, culture and the, they are, they are very likely going to be the force, the, the ideology that brings down America into the one world religion, which is going to look a lot like Hinduism. <laughs> and I just, I don't, you know, have time to, to go into a whole lesson about everything that they do, but I urge you to do your own research because it is a very sneaky thing that's going on. Right now, there's almost 1,500 Hindu temples in America, and they are specifically infiltrating Texas, California, and New York where most of the people are and they are targeting young people 
and they are targeting rural rural areas rural areas and this is happening you know very stealthily like i mentioned in my other podcast i discovered that there are multiple temples within just a you know 50 mile range or 30 mile range of my house this this is evil where there are people worshiping demonic deities all around you and no one is you know we need to pray against that now just to be clear i know that in the end um you know this world will descend into a one world religion a, an apostasy a worship of multiple deities and and it'll all be pretty much just like it is in India so you know it's 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 time for us to stay strong and to do the things that I mentioned to try to become you know not to try to become but to stay close to God through prayer through constant awareness of our need for him because we need him to help us in these times of testing that are coming they're coming soon this i don't know when this is going to bust out but i know that it's going to happen and you know it there could be violence or christians could be you know, Christianity Christianity could just be made illegal. I don't know how it's going to look, and I don't know when. But it doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow change. And this has actually been happening now in America for 150 years. It's been happening. These, these Hindu Eastern religions have been coming into America. And like if you you listen to that podcast that I listened to, he did a good job of listing off a lot of the gurus and the cults. All of these cults are based on Eastern religions and um, Gnosticism. So go back and review the podcast I did on Gnosticism. They're all about secret wisdom and... um, mysticism a lot of them believe in reincarnation they believe that there's you know all religious beliefs lead to heaven except they don't really believe that they really don't but they claim it some of them claim it and they have even made secularism into a religion and the thing is secularism is a myth There is no such thing as separating God from politics and government and the public sphere because we all are, we are religious by nature. (laughs) We worship something by nature. It's just that they don't want that something to be the true one living God of the Bible, our creator. And I guess I'm going to stop it there. So just just be prepared for testing. When something 
unexpected or uncomfortable or un- inconvenient or painful or hurtful or really good, really fun, really exciting, anything that's like gets you emotionally charged when something like that happens in your life, that's when you need to say, Jesus, help me respond the way you want me to. Take my hand, Jesus, because I'm feeling really excited and I don't, and I'm, or I'm really angry or I'm really tempted. You know, what, what do you want me to do? So that's why Jesus tells us to pray without ceasing. Because every situation is a potential test of our faith. And, and when we practice asking Jesus, what do you want me to do? And we practice remembering what the Bible says. What does the Bible tell us to do in these situations? Does the Bible tell us to uh, love our neighbors, love our enemies, um, speak truth, do the right thing? Yes, it does. So, you know, whenever you're called to do the right thing, that's your chance to do the right thing according to what the Bible says. And not according to what the world says, because a lot of times they're two different things. So anyway, I, I hope that you will do your own research on the, in, the uh, insidious creep of Hinduism into American government. Uh, by the way, Kamala Harris's mother is an Indian, and uh, Nikki Haley is used to be Hindu, and um, who else? Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Hindu. So there's actually quite a few of them in the government now. And also do some research on the RSS, the the right-wing nationalist Hindu organization that the Prime Minister of India is part of. The His name is Modi. Find out what's going on, what's happening in India, and how America and India are kind of starting to work together. And we're working together with India against China, somewhat. But, you know, we're also, we've also been in bed with China for a very long time. And, you know, I don't know, maybe God doesn't like that we have put so much of our finances and our uh, politics in, you know, we've done so many dealings with these pagan countries that worship demons. What do you think? Send me an email. Text me. Tell me what you think about these things. And pray for me because I know that I will be tested. My own faith will be tested every time I talk about it. Every time I talk about something like this. So pray that I will ask myself and do what Jesus would do. All right. Take care. God bless.